everyone in this movie is doing such an accent, and I can't tell what it is. I think I, like, some of them sound American one second. Some of them sound, like, especially with uh, Michael Fassbender. These guys are just doing accents, right? <laughs> Blimey. Blimey. Oh. Blimey. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, I found out, is British, which is so upsetting to me. Why? Because you- she's... Yeah, they're ugly and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Welcome to Film Class Heroes. We hate British people. Yeah. We really do. Let's hear your best British voices. Could we for the oh, intro? Oh, God. I'm terrible at that. Uh, you suggested... What's your, best, what's your best accent? What's your best accent? What's your guys' best accent that you can do on... on None. On, oh, on pod have right you ever now. Have seen the rejected cartoons? I don't know what that is. Y- you don't know that my spoon is too big? Yeah. Oh. For some reason, I can do that very well. <laughs> the His voice? the Just the yeah. straight-up voice? Okay. Yeah. You want me to do it? Let's hear it. And then turn it. I'll, I'll, I uh, want to hear yours. I'm very excited. All right. I got to get into this. <laughs> my spoon is too big. Ow, I squeaked. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> my spoon is too big. My spoon is too big. <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay, I'm done. Can we get can we get one more for safety? For my spoon is too big. Yes, yeah. Turner, what's your accent? Let's hear it. Blimey, I'm I'm British and part of the Yogs cast, mate. The- Yogs cast. <laughs> <laughs> That's- Wait, since you like Elvis so much, let me hear your best Elvis. Oh, oh. can we get your Elvis and then your um, your uh, Colonel Parker? Colonel pa- Parker's impossible. I want to hear both of them. No, I want to hear... <laughs> you got to swing for oh. it, bud. I'll, I'll do Elvis. All right. Oh, so I should uh, leave the building? <laughs> <laughs> That's as good as I can do. <laughs> well, who do we have here today? <laughs> You got Turner, of course. No, do it in the voice, please. Please, Turner, please. You got a Turner, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. And this is Cody, who's what? I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> and John, Welcome, that was everybody. you doing an impression of um, uh, Michael Fassbender in Shame, right? Sure. That was perfect. <laughs> what do we have going on this week, guys? Uh, not much. How was everybody's week? Anybody watch anything good? <laughs> I, I rewatched Parasite. Ooh. Great movie. Great. Indeed. How did it hold up on a rewatch? Oh, it was the third time I've seen it, actually. Oh. I really nice. love it. You know, I just. It's so. It's just a real solid film. It's just like. And it's a it's like a breezy rewatch. Like it really doesn't hold down, right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's very it's so easy to watch. It's just it's always entertaining. Absolutely. Where do you rank it on Mr. Uh, Bong's like you know filmography? This is the this is that part. It's the only one I've seen. Really, yeah. out of anything, you you haven't even seen like Snowpiercer. Nope, not even Snowpiercer. Really? I almost watched Host like a year ago or something. Or the host. Oh, I've seen host. <laughs> Not so excited. Then you didn't you didn't watch um Opja? 
Nope, I haven't seen I want to watch that one. That looks fun, yeah. but I haven't seen it. I really want to watch Memories of Murder and Mother. I haven't seen either of those. Memories of Murder is the one I want to watch the most, too. Yeah. It's got such a cool criterion that every time I'm in like a Barnes & Noble, I want to buy it. But it's like $40, and I'm not doing that. Yeah. Oh, it's goodness. Go, um, do you watch anything good recently? Um, I the, the finale of Paul T. Goldman came out. Oh, uh, and okay. John, yes, we need to talk John, about you this. said that that completely yeah. flipped the show on you, and you love right. it now. Turner, did you watch it? <laughs> no, I haven't seen the finale yet. Oh, it's okay. Insane. Well, either way, we have to talk about this because okay. you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, in was two episodes ago, um, and we both kind of had semi similar opinions on it, but I kind of it pissed me off pretty much. Um, but the last episode was surprisingly very good. Mm-hmm. Um. I really enjoyed the last episode. Um, it kind of put a lot of things into perspective and kind of solved a lot of the issues that I had with the series. And it basically ended being like, yeah, Paul's not a great dude. And I like that because he's not a good dude. <laughs> it's it's like a slowly unveiling him as this awful guy and completely yeah. takes away any like empathy you have. It's great. I love it. And I love the filmmaking, right? Am I justified now? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I liked the last episode. It, it it fixed a lot of things. I still think the Frank Grillo episode is really bad, but... <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I think it's goofy. Yeah. But it's not... It doesn't add a lot to it, I would say. But no, I mean, the last episode, it had a rather wholesome type, you know, message. Yeah. Enjoyed. Um, and made me feel that, you know, these last six episodes were a good spending of time you know <laughs> not mm-hmm. not like the last told me that it was a complete waste this one was like wait a second let's look back on everything and then really think about all this and let's actually tell you the real story here and it worked for me i don't know i i enjoyed it it's getting i mean like most reviews that i've seen i think it's like okay mm-hmm. but for some reason your box of things popping off <laughs> which doesn't yeah. make super much sense to me but I mean, you know, as an overall series, definitely improved from my previous perspective, but, you know, I thought it was fine. I'll probably never watch it again, but I appreciate a lot about it now. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Have you watched anything, John? Oh, hmm. All right. I got a few to talk about really quickly. Okay. Um, well, I rewatched After Sun, um, and that movie once again destroyed me. Um <laughs> But it's so good. Like it's it's. You guys have to see it. I you, neither of you've seen it, right? No, I haven't. No, not yet. You have to check it out. I now moved it to the third spot on my t- best of twenty twenty two list. Um, it's just it's so good. But bring tissues because that movie is hardcore, dude. Um, I will. I yeah, will. I mean, I watched that. I watched. Um, I watched Gaspo Noé's like first movie. <laughs> oh. It's just like a half hour little thing that he made in 91 called Carne. Um, and I watched it first thing in the morning and I didn't expect yeah, to back. see a real horse being murdered and then a full birth <laughs> as the first thing I saw in the morning. But, you know, I shouldn't have expected anything different from him. But I mean, that was fine. Um, I saw Infinity Pool, which we'll talk about next episode. once. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. I watched Woman Talking, which I was pretty disappointed in. But it was all right. It was fine. Paddington was good in it. John, why do you hate women? I don't hate women. You hate <laughs> and Which is true, which is deserved also. <laughs> as they fucking colonized half the planet. 
I have enslaved everyone. Did you ever get those, those TikToks of, like, the goblin British people? But those are really funny. Yeah. I love those. I have one more movie that I want to talk about before we get into yes. the meat of movie t- news. Okay. I saw a movie called Fear. Have any of you heard? Uh, of <laughs> no. Okay. I briefly mentioned it to Cody because I was just so shocked by it. Um, it's this horror movie that for some reason got a wide theatrical release i don't know how or why um it's from where's the director let me looking at is dean taylor um he's made traffic and meet the blacks and black and blue and stuff like like really bad movies over the last few years so i wanted to see this to go make fun of it but any expectation i had was completely thrown out the window um this is like not a horror movie it's like a horror movie as a cover for a bunch of like right-wing propaganda (laughs) so like the evil thing in this movie is the coronavirus (laughs) and like it's gonna kill you and like they the the excuse for them not being able to leave the cabin is the coronavirus um but at the end and yes i'm gonna spoil this i don't really care i doubt anyone's ever gonna watch it um at the end you know the one girl escapes and (laughs) she gets her phone starts blowing up and it's like the virus is a hoax the virus isn't real you can come outside you can do whatever you want (laughs) and then so she escapes and these giant letters appear on the screen that just say don't fear the virus and then it started playing the credits to a baby song and it was great what the baby song? Uh, uh let me let me, let me. <laughs> please. I, I'm hoping this it's from his new record. I hope it's Boogeyman. Oh my I hope god, it's Boogeyman! It's the worst the baby song. It's Boogeyman. <laughs> it was it was T I and the baby. Oh T I T I T I was on it. Come on, bro. Yes, T I and the baby. Star of Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> He was so bad in this. All right, let's see. <laughs> T.I. and Baby's first collaboration ever will appear on the soundtrack for... Oh, Fe- man. Um, super producer. Blah, blah, blah. Why doesn't it give me, like, a... a title? T.I., who has still yet to do a something... Blazed through several trap classics such as 24s and Rubber Band Man before passing the mic torch to DaBaby and saluting what he was able to accomplish in hip hop. Oh, it's called Suge. Suge? Yeah. Shug. 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 Okay. Shug. <laughs> Shug. <laughs> why, is there, why is there always a bit? <laughs> Every single episode of me messing up a music-related thing. <laughs> Every single one. But it was really funny. Um, it's not funny enough to be like, oh, I'm going to go check this out with a bunch of friends and go make fun of it. Because it's really just super boring. Because also, do you do you like want to decide to give them money, too? No, because yeah. it's, it's disguised. It's literally yeah. like... They even make like references to the election being a hoax, etc. 
kind of stuff. And it was like, what? <laughs> and I was waiting for the January horror movie that come. You know, there's always one every year that's horrific and it's just the worst thing you've ever seen. But there hasn't really been one this year. And then I saw this, and here we are. So I just wanted to bring it up. It was uh, a very interesting viewing experience. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> you know, um, I have this. Uh, I have this ten pack. It's called Sins. Uh, it's on like Walmart thing. I got it for like seven bucks, and it has Dion Taylor's movie Fatal in it. I'm realizing. Ooh. Oh, I heard that's awful. I've never seen it. It has. It actually has a couple good ones in, which is why I get it. Like Eve's. Well, I haven't seen them, but like some well-respected ones, like Eve's Bayou, which is coming to Criterion, I think. Huh? Yeah. So it's in a pack Where did with you see like. That? What? Wait, he made no, that. No, 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 no. It, it that was just. I was gonna say, there's no, no way this guy's getting a criteria. That was another. But if... yeah, sorry, that was just another movie that was in the pack with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. If there's a Criterion of Fear, though, I would buy that because that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping forty dollars, watching yeah. all the behind the scenes. Now, Fear is actually the lowest rated of any of his films, from what I'm looking at. It was really, really bad. It's standing makes sense for out of five on Letterbox right now. <laughs> Gina Carano ass movie. Um, that you know that Vine guy. Is it King King, King Bach? Bach? Is that his? Yeah, yeah, he's in this. Oh, um, and he was something else. <laughs> <laughs> but the worst performance of all of them is this guy Joseph Sikora. Um, I've never seen him before, but he was like horrendous <laughs> like it's really really funny you have to just like look at clips of his performance because it's hilarious but yeah i mean it, it was a movie about a bunch of people killing themselves because they're stuck in quarantine <laughs> <laughs> wonderful it was very funny <laughs> yeah i mean that's everything i watched <laughs> on a brighter subject um didn't the Batman get a release date? Yeah, yeah, very excited, very excited. I'm bouncing in my seat right now. I'm twirling my hair. Are we looking forward to that? I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I like the first one. So, are we excited for? Uh, oh, see this by next episode, so we can talk about it. You guys excited for uh, the Cabin this weekend? Are we really watching that next oh, episode? That's, that's, uh, yes. that's so much. Wow, that's the. Uh... The M- new M. Night Shyamalan, right? Yes. Um. Maybe, you know what, let's talk about it, I guess. We'll do Infinity Pool next week, and then we'll do Knock at the Cabin the week after. Okay, yeah, because I'm excited to watch that, too, though. I'm re- people are saying it's good. Have you seen that, Turner? That Knock at the Cabin's good? Well, yeah. Well, 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 like, really what are you it? reading? I'm, That's I'm not a, what I've heard. I'm a staunch really? defender of old, so... Oh right. my god, why? <laughs> it's so, uh, it's, it was, I got to rewatch it, but when I watched it in theater, it just really, it was, I thought it was really good. Why? Oh, it was, you know, I just love the way the whole story, like, just unfolds, and, you know, I just love the M. Night Shyamalan thing. It's been about two years since I've seen it, so, kind of having trouble thinking of specifics. I also really love the way it looked. I know a lot of people complain about, like, the framing and stuff in that movie. I can't agree with you at all here. I don't man. know. I really Not liked it. 
one bit. Felt really floaty and kind of. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait! One of one of the husbands in Knock at the Cabin is the Mr. Anderson guy. That's so funny. Oh, the Mr. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hated that movie. Matrix 4? Mm -hmm. Uh oh. Oh, uh -oh. man. <laughs> Everybody knows. We, so we I can't apologize. get into this conversation, too. But it's not good. <laughs> As I'm also a defender of the Matrix sequels, all of them. You're a defender of a lot of things. I I haven't seen them. Do you also I defend like British it. people? I will not defend British people. <laughs> <laughs> only the Yogs cast. Those are the only British people I like. Um, some good good stuff. Good stuff. Um, what do we feel about <laughs> Ant Man three? Like, are we like at all interested? Uh... I I do uh I I I do hate the Ant Man trailer music, the terrible oh, illustration yeah, of Yellow Brick Road by Ellen John. We need to talk about trailer music. No, it's and so just it's recently. so bad. I because they keep they, they'll take some random ass hit from the sixties or seventies and then just orchestrate them. Morbius did it. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some random Italian mob movie that did it. <laughs> I saw a trailer the... four, and it's just like it feels like every other trailer has like some. Well, even like um, even like the nostalgia bait stuff when it comes to trailers, yeah. like any sequel or remake, you know, it it always starts off with the the soft piano cover of the main theme, and then it ends with a not not a real orchestra, just like you mm. know, completely computerized really abrupt loud annoying version of the score and like like let's look at the super mario movie the ending theme like oh my god <laughs> it's so loud and so <sighs> not good whatsoever it's awful and like the indiana Jones 5 trailer like same thing but like I, you know what i've been noticing a lot recently in trailers are awful adr and it's not just adr it's taking different clips from different scenes in the movie and splicing them together into one sentence. Mm. Like, the Scream did it twice. Oh, yeah. It's awful. It's so obvious. Like, why not just hire the actress again and just be like, hey, can you record this one line for the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta do it as inexpensively I, as possible, I guess, you know. But it doesn't work. Right, you guys want to get into the meat? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of meat in this movie. There is a lot of meat in this movie. I wasn't lying when I told you guys, man's got schmeat. <laughs> Does. <laughs> My recommendation for this week was... I have boogies. Um, was Shame from 2011, directed by Steve McQueen, starring Michael Fassbender and Carrie Mulligan. Um, it's a guy, you know, who's... Uh, Got an addiction of sorts. Um, he likes to have sex, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and he likes to use sex to infiltrate people's lives. And it's very interesting. Um, and you know, it kind of goes crazy from there. And uh, I think the last forty minutes of this are masterful. Um, but what do you guys think about the penis movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how so the movie 
when it started off, it, it kind of stops doing this at some point. But it was like the first 10 or 15 mo- uh, minutes, this Michael Fassbender just looks so sickly. You know? And it really gets across that he's like, like, that he's sick, I feel like. He's, he's yeah. like addicted. That's he's, like, um, like it's all, it's because of the, like, there, I feel like he, he almost looks green. And he's so pale and, like. And his hair is so shitty. His hair looks so <laughs> dumb in this whole movie. Ouch. And, I mean, I, it, it's even with scenes from the opening that you're talking about that there are so many scenes in this movie where dialogue isn't needed. You're watching a purely visual confrontation between two people that don't talk to each other once. Mm-hmm. Like, the um, when they're on the train and he's looking at that woman and they're kind of flirting with just their eyes and, you know, mm-hmm. you cut back to, you know, a montage of whatever he's doing presently and then we cut back to that. Um, you know, and then she crosses her legs as kind of a, you know... I'm not interested anymore type thing. And then she stands up and you realize that she has a wedding ring on her finger, but that doesn't stop him, you know, and it almost didn't stop her. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just extremely pivotal. Wow. I can't speak today. Uh, You know, these character moments that are extremely important um, for you to understand Mm -hmm. delivered expertly. Yeah. I like, go on, go ahead. Okay. I I like how, Every every action, it does feel like it's meant to telegraph something, you know. And, and I like how subtle those messages are, like you you're describing that first scene, pretty much on the train. Mm-hmm. I think I think he shares like specifically, uh, Brandon, a lot of DNA with like. You like the literally me characters, like you know, the Patrick Bateman. You think so? I think so. I think I he's supposed I, to. I he's supposed to be like this kind of twisted guy, you know? Yeah, but there, there's nothing about him that's really appealing at all. He, uh, and he's, he, like, puts on, he puts on that by... facade. Who, like, yeah. Well, when you. But like, he's rich. He's successful. He's you know getting all he could want. But deep down, he's sad, you know? Deep down, yeah. he's, like, it's just, like, fucking with him. I agree um, with you with the facade aspect in the sense that, like, I mean, think earlier in in the movie. He goes out with his boss. His boss is married and explicitly says it, but is like, oh, man, I love women in suits. I'm going to go talk to her. And Brendan's like, yeah, go ahead. Go do it. You got this. Mm-hmm. He's actively encouraging him, a married man, to pursue another woman. But then later on... When they go to go see his sister perform, um, the married man wants to, you know, have sex with his sister. Um, and, right in front of him, Yeah, too. and so Brandon, you can see, gets pissed and is hating this. So now when the, you know, being like... I also... I first infiltrates his own life, the facade is dropped. It's not there anymore. I think that's also kind of like the weird fucked up relationship that they have. They have together. a very weird relationship. Yeah, See each other naked a lot. <laughs> yeah, the that that was like kind of the most strange part for me was the sibling relationship between Brandon and and Sissy, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, um, but she forget about it. Yeah, she is. Brandon, um, that's what led me on this war path. <laughs> 
like, and I, I like, it's, it's never like said explicitly in the movie, right? Like, like it's never talked. Like their past isn't really talked about, but I feel like it's always present. I feel like you can always it's hinted at something. Like there's this dark yes, shadow, the, uh, like some. Well, kind there's a of brief rash. mention, right? Yes, and there's a like, brief mention it's of a building a lot of tension from their father. It's a brief mention, mm-hmm. um, and that looms over it. Yeah. Yes, you know, a lot of heavy themes are in this film. I, I think most prominently are neglect and trauma. You know, mm-hmm. finding little things to keep your mind off of focusing on that trauma, but in a sense, creating new trauma because what you're doing is extremely unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. But um, mm-hmm. I do want to. Again, character interactions, specifically with the person that he starts to form a relationship at work. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. think but we're going to get into spoilers here. Just letting you know, audience. But um, how do you feel about his relationship with his coworker that he goes on the date with? Um, this guy's kind of an alpha, let's be honest. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, because I, it's. I think also with every interaction, like these these you know rich successful dudes have in the movie, I think it just comes so naturally to them, and they just like, they know how to like say what they want to get what they want, you know. Okay. I like so. What I took away most from like his relationship with that with his coworker was um, what that was like the part where I was able to see the like, the like cyclical nature of like hurt people hurt more the people. facade is gone yeah it's yeah. like when he like when he has the ed moment you know he can't get it up with her <laughs> like yeah. he like like he's there and like and he like i get the sense that he needs someone to be there but he still just sends her off and she and she does just leave without really saying much well there yeah. yes he does need he obviously cares for his mm-hmm. sister he obviously cares for himself but this is all overshadowed by the things he chooses to focus on mm-hmm. um yeah. well, i just there's any genuine perfect moments like when i i think down the street talking with her that conversation that they have about you know like when he peed his pants when he was a kid etc blah blah, blah mm-hmm. is just so genuine and it's it's incredible to me to see two actors just in their prime going at it just you know mm-hmm. telling a story but at the same time, something so insignificant means so much to the overall film and what you're getting out of it. Can I can I unpack the sex addiction real sure. quick? Yeah, I think it comes a lot from him, like not really having you know emotional connections to people, and when he does, you know, form a, a connection to someone, and it is like really kind of sweet and endearing. I think you know all of their interactions. Mm. I think him not being able to you know get it up really fucks him up and he's like yeah this addiction is ruining my life and then he goes to have more sex yeah, the co- you know with yeah. random people yeah like immediately in the same hotel room yeah. and um what, what i was wanting to say though was that like that moment where like she leaves him i feel like was probably the most straightforward <sighs> like depiction of like the abandonment he he probably felt in his childhood yeah and mm-hmm. that also caught i think like like i'm i link that moment with when he leaves his sister you know yes. and his like and like he's never really been there for her the whole yeah, time exactly I mean, 
He's sitting I'm, there. I'm, I'm sure he had to deal with a lot with her, too, and a lot of, you know, Yeah, but it gets to the point, too, where he's sitting so. there watching porn in his apartment and listening to the voicemail that she's leaving him where she's, like, joking around saying, I have or I have one week to live. Pay attention to me. And he hangs up on her. Yeah. <laughs> because it's an attention ploy. Yeah. It's, it's obviously, you know, it's cyclical. It's a response to trauma, too, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I, I kind of, like, like I, I don't know what you know. Of course, we don't know what happened between them, but like something like really bad has to happen for like a brother and sister to like have that kind of break, like communication breakdown. You know, because yeah. like that's the person I know the best in my life is my sister, probably. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And they have those interactions though, where mm-hmm. you can see that the love is there. Oh, yeah you've seen and stuff like it, it's there but you're right there is something that's covered up yeah i really think it's it's well implied and it, it you know not really revealing a lot of it helps you like kind of wonder more and uh it's a good relationship mm-hmm. i think well it comes into I mean, not, full not, focus not like not not good in terms of like healthy but just well written yeah yeah <laughs> and it comes into full focus towards the end when you know she takes her life um you know now now this I had to look away. I had yes, to, I it's an that, awfully hard scene to get through. But um, now you have this man that is fully living in regret mm-hmm. because he's been there for her. He could have done so many things different, and he chose not to. We need to talk about his performance though, because he's incredible. And it's oh, he was really yeah. Harry Mulligan is also these are, I... in my opinion, the career best for both. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're perfect. I... Name something better. Lisa. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just asking, affirming it. They, you know, I was so I'm good. They were like some of the most like, like realistic, believable, and like, like they really like. I, it's kind of cliche to say this about great performance, but they it really felt like there was like I was just watching a documentary or something. Oh no, yeah. it's amazing. The, the scene where they're sitting on the couch talking and you never see their faces and they're facing away mm-hmm. is the best scene in the whole movie to me. And that is the way they feed off each other and everything. Oh, it's so perfect. Like two powerhouses of people, like actors just going at it. It's so good, man. <laughs> like, I love it. And you can even like look at the scene where you see him breaking down in the rain as incredible performance. But it's in that scene where they're on the couch that I think they both fully shine. It's so good. I I I really do think they give like career all time performances. I think their accents came in and out a little bit. At some points, they sounded like accents. It's, it's at some points you could tell that like the American wasn't shining through. Well, I mean, and Michael Fassbender's accent Europe. in this movie is just his real accent. Is it really? Yeah, he's Australian. Yeah, but I I thought he was trying to do American. No, he's just. Because it, it sounded off and it's it it came in and out. I don't know. Maybe because you know he. I just I I just I kept noticing it and I couldn't put my finger, but I was just like, this is whack. Yeah, I I, can... I I'm really bad at like um. Like picking up like accent stuff, like I didn't mm-hmm. notice the. This is this will prove how bad it is. I didn't notice the Tom Hanks and Elvis accent stuff. What? Yeah, I, I just well, I was like, he's just doing Elvis some Presley. like random carny accent, 
<laughs> so mm. I just kind of brushed it away. But so I didn't. There is kind of know. a twang to it. There's like a country twang mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. So I I I had to write write this down. But his his uh David his boss right. He kind of talks. What he talks bag. like Gordy does, and Freddie got fingered sometimes. Gordy, like I I can't explain it. Like you just gotta go back and think about it. But he says something. Like okay, fine, what a, like something like that, and it sounds just like. Mm-hmm. I can see that. <laughs> That's the only real voice thing uh, that I, that I, <laughs> I noted on. I just, um, you know, just a movie standpoint, it's just an exquisite piece of filmmaking. I think the cinematography is really good. I think there's a lot of really great shots yeah. in this. Uh, I there was I think a lot. I think Tar actually really was influenced a lot by this. Oh there's yeah. A lot of especially when he's like jogging through the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the shots of New York are really great. Um, but I think just a lot of the cinematography really. I think Tar took a lot from it. Um, I did want one thing. Great. I know Turner. You mentioned that you weren't a huge fan of the score. I love the score for this movie. Yeah. I, I like certain parts of it, and I think where it, like... It's kind of like... It's this very minimal style, right? Kind of, usually. Yeah, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. I... It's really hard to... without ha- With only seeing it once, to, like, pinpoint a specific spot... But I felt like it, it was I, – I just kind of felt like it was doing the, the like, bare minimum for the movie. And I don't know. I think it's a powerful score. Okay. I mean, it's – um, <laughs> I just, like, it, it's hard to – because, you know, talking in, about music is really difficult. I just – Especially apparently with the last few episodes. I <laughs> – I felt like it um maybe it's like the overall like production kind of the score cuz it is that very like isolated like all the instruments cast out isolated I mean it, it feeds into mm-hmm. many the film uh, kind of like how there's certain aspects in the background of Eternal Sunshine score that are played backwards on purpose mm-hmm. here there's the time you know, it can represent many things depending on how you get out of it. Maybe a time is running out scenario. Maybe a look at all this time that has passed and you've done nothing type thing. It's whatever you take out of it, but I think it's brilliantly used in the score. And once again, like many uses in the film, without dialogue, is portraying so much to you. Because, I mean, I, I don't want to like come across that I hate like am, like minimal music because I do. I really, I just, like, I listen to a lot. I do listen to like a lot ambient and like more kind of like slow and glacial kind of feelings. Mm-hmm. And there are just a few tropes, and maybe it's just because I'm coming to this because I do think this the score has been influential. Yeah, and, and maybe I've just heard so many things use this trope, but like there's like this up close shot of his face I remember and there's like this really quiet like single violin rising 
and mm-hmm. I, I, I like that that part just like can't like irritate me and I don't hate the score I just it, it like when it stood out to me it, it kind of was because I didn't I felt like it was a little lazy almost. interesting what do you feel about the score Cody I didn't really notice it or, or really like pay attention to it a lot so I didn't I don't really like have anything to say I guess honestly and maybe it could have also started out on a bad foot because I I also didn't care for um the arrange this is so nerdy but the arrangement of New York New York I loved Carrie Mulligan singing is beautiful but I it, she was really good, but that's I yeah. completely agree with you on yeah. that. But but I just but I didn't like how you know, spaced out it was. Yeah, yeah but that can, that can't affect your overall so feeling on the film. That's a character moment, you know. Yeah, her doing whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's a valid criticism of the music, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah she, but like I, I mean, love that. Like I I liked that moment, like in her like looking to the table and stuff. I just, it's like a real, that's a really specific gripe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's like bordering on nitpicking, but Dick have, I guess it's because they started playing, I think it's John Coltrane's version of my favorite things, the saxophone as they enter, right? Yeah. Uh, or at least the saxophonist was trying to mimic John Coltrane, the ba-da-ba-da-da-ba-da-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. Mm-hmm. That, that's like... I don't know how like I'll like I don't know how much you listen to jazz, but that's a it, Coltrane kind of made that standard. Yeah, and so and so it is, yeah, I, I, it is that used that like lot, moment right? like made me really start like it made me really focus on the <laughs> because I was like oh I love this song, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so that that's kind of why I'm sure that's why it it like almost the use of that song I guess maybe kind of took me out of the movie inadvertently for a second. It made me like hyper focus on the the New York, New York thing. I get that. Um, I'm still new to jazz, mm-hmm. but I love. It. So send me more if you have. Some. Oh yeah, <laughs> I that that John Coltrane recording. I mean, land. I really like jazz. It's just I'm like a a new. Oh yeah. Like I. I it's a it. hard thing to. I mean, it's a hard thing to get into. Really, you know. I like it though. I'm glad. I'm glad. Good. <laughs> little tangent there you guys have any other uh, things to say about shame i think this guy is exactly like dennis reynolds from it's always sunny hi actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> very <Bro>. similar <laughs> it's the implication and that's my take the implication <laughs> <laughs> i mean it I, I i cried multiple times really during, yeah it would like really like Glint. Even, <laughs> even that, like, there's that end end shot where it's the exact same situation on the train, but with a different yes. woman. Mm-hmm. And it was like, damn, this is this guy's life. It's like a purgatory. And while I don't think he's, I don't think it's like legit purgatory. Just his life has turned out like its own purgatory. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and but was he living in that the whole time? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, what'd you say? Sorry. I was saying. I was just saying. Was he living in that purgatory the whole time? And is it now just? Yeah. Ex- 
I think it's been he's been in the purgatory for a while. Probably. And while I don't think Brandon's like a great guy or anything, he is kind of pitiable in a way. And model said, yeah, cringe, you know, (laughs) like as anyone with an addiction is right. I don't want to say pitiable, but like, all I'm saying is if, if I wasn't in his position, Mm -hmm. I'm built built different. different. You know, you know what? I actually found really funny. (laughs) The, the scene, you know, where he's like seducing the girl at the bar and the boyfriend walks over. Yeah. Or handy. He had like his fingers up her skirt and then they're, they're like arguing and he just goes, smell this and just shoves it in his face. (laughs) That's kind of funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is very funny. Also, I think, I think the beginning where he's walking around completely naked is kind of like really, it's really funny. Oh, but like, I think there are really funny moments in this movie. Wait, the way the way you hear it slapping <laughs> against his thigh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there's also golden. there's this great shot. I don't think it's at the beginning. It's somewhere in the middle of the movie, but he sits down in the subway, and there's this sign beside, above him that says, "Never." Oh, improving nonstop. It's like some subway yes. ad. And he's, like, just done some, like, I forget exactly when that is in the film, but he's, like, just done some, like, some real fucked up shit or something. And it says, like, improving (laughs) nonstop is, like, (laughs) it made me giggle. Yeah. I mean, also just a very brave, revealing performance. I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, you see see his bottle. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) And it's not like he's, like, not a popular actor either. It's Michael Fassbender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love I love it when actors will will do some, like, likes crazy shit. Some, like... Yes, and you are correct. Uh, I think, Cody, you said it. It is very brave and revealing for her as well. She... Yes. You know. Um... You guys have anything else you want to say about it? I, I just had something to oh. Literally just had something. Uh, I love when actors show whole. <laughs> How can you not? On that note, what are your ratings for shame? <laughs> I gave it. I gave it a nine. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I really. I mean, despite my like, they are very minor gripes. The like, the like few moments the score didn't work for me and stuff. But, mm-hmm. but I re- and maybe on a rewatch I'll you know it'll wash over me like it was nothing anyways but but yeah so i give it a nine cody uh i'll give it an eight okay yeah it's fine mm-hmm. the um first time i saw this i gave it an eight um it took me a while you know and i sat down and i really i've been thinking about this movie for quite a while i saw it about a year ago um and I rewatched it like a week ago, a little more than that. That's why I recommended it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave it a 10. I love it. I think it's great. It's just a crescendo of madness, and it's extremely well done. Um, check it out, audience, if you're interested. Um, 
it, 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 it deals with some pretty heavy shit, but, um, you know, if you're willing to push yourself and try and get past it, it's a worthwhile experience, I think. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, you guys want to get into some questions? Indeed. Okay, so we are in the question segment of the podcast. Um, we need more questions, guys. Send us stuff. We like to hear from you. Oh, and I did also just want to say, um, we didn't mention this at the beginning. Cody, do you want to share the email that you got? Uh... We hit 100 listeners. Thank you, everybody. Yes. That's incredible. It is amazing. Um, that that's that's you know humble small little podcast like us. Reaching those yeah. Is great. Thank you all. Yes. yes. Please keep continue to show your support and share. You guys have been excellent. Um, trust me, it's 100 does not seem like a lot, but it means the world to us. So please keep doing your thing. We love to have you here. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see some questions that we got. Um, okay, this is from Robbie. What is the worst Oscar nomination of 2022? Uh, in, like, any category? Yeah, just like, you know, I guess a film that genuinely should not be there. Yeah, I'd probably go with Avatar for Best Picture. I don't think that should be here. Oh, I have one. Sure. So why the hell is Marcel the Shell with Shoes On nominated for animated feature film? It's stop motion. Isn't it? It's stop motion. It's stop motion, but it's over real human actors, and it's it's yeah. over real sets. Wow. But also because it's stop motion, it's physical and tangible and real, so it's even more real than animation. Yeah, but I mean, you can say the same thing about the... Like why that has the, live why action the, scenes with the animation for like two seconds? It's the whole end of the movie for like not even a minute. Um, why the hell is the Lion King considered what? That's animated. animated or a live? That's action? animated. It's animated, yes. right? Why are people saying it's live action? Because they're the stupid. fucking new Pinocchio movie. It's it's ninety five percent CGI. Like what is that? So yeah, that's my gripe. That's my worst nominee. I get that. I think turning red also should not be on there. Anime. Uh, yeah, you've got to get a Disney one up there. I'm... I don't think it was. I, I, I absolutely don't think it's comparable to any of them. But I love Turning Red. There's no way that it's like, absolutely not. I sorry, I did not enjoy. Um, Turner does. Uh, is music included in sound, or is like? like I don't is think the so. Score considered and. Or the no score the, score is his own separate the, the special you know, mixing thing. maybe of a track in a movie. Yeah, I mean that's on there mixing and sound and okay. you know. I I I just like I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw it out. I I don't know like if Elvis is necessarily like. Let's go. Like the, what the sound blew me away. I mean I love the music and stuff, but I feel like that's oh like my God. a separate category. Is this the first? <laughs> having a negative elvis thing <laughs> this is so cool yeah i mean i was just looking and that that's like the only one really that i could like oh my I've god seen. i can't believe that's the one that stood out to you that's so funny yeah i mean like sound i also maybe i just haven't seen it on good speakers so, <laughs> Got gotta leave the caveat in there <laughs> god imagining like the premiere timeline for the sound or or the 
audition or whatever they use <laughs> for Elvis. That's what I said. I can't. I can't do. I can't do Elvis, man. Can't do it. We have another question from Danny. This is not film related, but it's still you know a question for us to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your dream place that you want to visit one day? Ooh. I've always wanted to go to Alaska. Oh really? Yes. I think Alaska's cool. Um, the set of The Wolf of Wall Street. So just so you have to. I feel like everyone just <laughs> just coked. No, but specifically that set oh. because it's controlled and not dangerous. <laughs> That's true. I've always <laughs> speaking of film set locations. I've always wanted to go to Hobbiton in New Zealand. That yes, absolutely, that great. absolutely great choice. I want to go visit the uh, the sand dunes um, where uh, uh, the Tatooine scenes were filmed. Oh yeah, I would go to that. Yeah, the Bat Cave. I, I saw the I was uh, in Sacramento. Wait, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. which like, which Batman is that from? It's the original '60s one, right? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, he mm-hmm. drives out of the, of the yeah. Nice. And uh, okay. the Exorcist stepped recently. That was cool. Hey, yeah. Uh, I really, I've always wanted to go to France. Just, oh, me just too. Generally, not even like necessarily Paris specifically. Just like, like even the French countryside. I Because I, I yeah. grow up, and when I was growing up, I would watch the Tour de France with my dad. Mm-hmm. Just every year, which is like, it's like eighty hours of television over the, <laughs> June and July. Do you know how to speak any French? I actually am taking some Duolingo <laughs> for Ooh. French. Um, but if you like, like, but my thinking is like, if you watch the movies, and like, as you and you pick up more and more words from Duolingo, and then the movies like the supplement because it's more like real. It's kind. Of, it's interesting to hear where y'all want to go because New York is kind of, is some people's. Like, that's where they want to go the most. Well, you've been to New York, right? I have. I have been to New York. Yes. Do you like New York? <laughs> I do. I liked being there. I got the, a very touristy, you know, kind of view of the city. I, I went to, like, Mark Wahlberger <laughs> and stuff. Oh, okay. I hate Wahlburgers. <laughs> that is the worst restaurant I've ever been Oh, that been is the, really? the worst fucking it's place so ever. Bad. I really oh, my un- God. I really? threw up. Oh. I really like yeah. the onion rings, though. All right, so... We have one more question for today. Um, this is from my friend Nathan. Um, the question is, what is the dumbest movie you've ever considered watching or have watched? I have an answer to this. Sure. It was late one night when all the stupid movies are watched. And I watched this Amazon Prime movie called The Whispering Man, which had a poster with mm-hmm. us with a a gray man alien in a Slenderman suit. Nice. It is a found ah. footage movie that has no aliens in it. It's just about this like weird <clears throat> painting this dude finds in his grandma's house and it like curses him. This is the funniest poster oh, I've God. ever seen. Don't let him out. Don't let, <laughs> don't let him out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very like uh, don't... S- don't speak it. Don't say it. Don't or what? Don't was it? <laughs> no, I love the bye bye man. The people you can't man. shit on the bye bye oh, no. man. The I bye love bye the bye bye man. I, it's it's like the bye bye man, but bad. 
Like that was like what so good. Like I w- I was hoping it would be a little like the Bye Bye Man. Mm-hmm. But but it was just it's so boring. It's just like this dude being paranoid for two hours. If I want to see that, I'll just get high. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an interesting one that's first coming to mind. So I'm looking at this as dumb in the sense that it's dumb for me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You guys know what MD Pope is? No. No. So it stands for Most Disturbed Person on Planet Earth. It's a series of shock films um, by Thomas Cinemagore. And they are five hours each of just extremely shocking, like, brutal, real-life gore clips. (laughs) Okay. I've considered watching the first one, but I never went through with it. So I, I feel like it would be dumb of me. So I'm using that as my answer but mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean they're on letterbox and they're five hours so check them out if you want <laughs> but, uh, i gotta look this up. um i have to. three very specific shorts um the first one you guys ever you guys remember that movie monster trucks <laughs> yeah about the monster who oh, lives boy. in the monster yes. truck I, it's very stupid but it's so glorious um, <laughs> i've never seen it <laughs> I think Monster Trucks um, is a must-watch. <laughs> ironically, you're unironically. I mean, <laughs> like, ironically in the sense that I think, like, it's important for movies, but it I what? do think it's kind of funny and fun, like, genuinely. It's like a stupid... No film has had a greater cinematic I, impact I just than Monster Trucks. I guess I didn't really watch it from that perspective. <laughs> I just kind of was forced to watch it, so I didn't have a good uh, time anyway. It, yeah. I'll, maybe yeah, I'll rewind. Need, I'll give it another chance. Yeah, you need to be willing to go into monster trucks. It's kind of the same thing. Like, <laughs> I have the. I feel the same about monster trucks that I do the Dora movie that came out a couple years ago. Oh, I never watched that. I actually really you should. To see that. The Dora movies. I, the Dora movie's better than monster trucks, but it's as it's it's you know okay. like I know it's like just a silly kids film, and so I just like I went in with that expectation, and it was fun. You know, I I rocked with it. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, my second one is both End of Watch and Bright, both the David Ayer movies because I was forced to watch them in class. Wait, 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 what? I hate David Ayer so okay. much. The same year, this my senior year of high school. Explain to me two different why they showed these. Bro, both of these that... movies. Uh, Bright because it was our Christmas party. What? And I was I. It was our Christmas party in my film class. So we watched Bright, and some of us were making fun of it, but some of some people were genuinely enjoying it. Okay, but um, why end of watch? In my criminal justice what? class, because my teacher didn't want to teach. So he just put on end That's of watch, bad. and he didn't want to teach. <laughs> it was really stupid. I got, it was I got to give movie. my favorite uh, fact about the Bright soundtrack, which is that Neil Young has an, a song on it with, where is it? Who is it with? Oh, okay. It's Drom. He's like, I like. Oh, Drom. I like yeah. Drom though. I thought it was someone more random. That's, but, but that's cool. Is... <laughs> yeah. Ice Spice. Imagine. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> get fucking um, get Kate Bush and fucking uh, Lotto on Please. a track together. That's what the world needs. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that. But dumb in a good. Oh, I was go just gonna say your your story of bright is very similar that's how i watched split 
was they played oh split for the entire high school. <laughs> but why? It was a psychology class and they thought it was cool? No, it was um it was just it was a reward. Like we got some testing <laughs> on school. You did good. Now watch split. <laughs> they also did that with a dog's purpose. So Oh my no god. No way. Yes. Did you go? <laughs> Yeah. You know, you know what movie I actively oh seeked out, which I guess you can consider dumb. Um, that I had a blast watching Show Dogs. Oh really? Ever watch Show Dogs? I haven't. I've never oh even man, it's with Will Arnett and like it's from the same team as Beverly Hills Chihuahua, so it's the awful CG like talking animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a police detective story with the Rottweiler and Will Arnett, and it's awful. <laughs> there was one joke that made me kind of giggle <laughs> where it's like not even in the forefront it's just they're like panning through like the dog grooming center and like there's these two dogs that you can hear faintly in the background just be like well he said he was neutered <laughs> and i was like that was actually funny <laughs> like that's that's a good joke <laughs> so, yeah. so what's the other stupid one you had cody uh, oh, and Space Jam too. Space oh Jam my 2. god! Oh, fucking hey. stupid. Don, Don Cheadle uh, <laughs> is great in that. Don Cheadle as Algy oh. Ridley was a great performance. I have to give him just that. Just saying that. Really... Like, can you imagine sitting in a room where that gets pitched to you? <laughs> How do you not laugh? Mr. Rhythm though goes hard. Like that as a yes. name. <laughs> he 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 was like, you don't have to pay me. Just keep calling me that. Um, but Dumb in a Good Way, the new Weird Al movie. I still need I didn't to see that. that. It's great. I <laughs> love goodness. it. It's so My funny. My mom liked it. It's, I know she saw it. I, I, there's so many jokes that are like just mm-hmm. for me. Like only I would think they're funny. And I loved Weird Al as a kid. So I, I oh, yeah. just thought it was great. I was no, I think I feel the same. Al. Also the fact that it's on like. I feel the same way that you feel about how you, like it's only funny to you type thing with Holtrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Like. That sounds like fucking. I love that movie. I think that's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. But people do not agree. Like anyone that I've tried to show that to gets ten minutes into it and wants to watch something else. But I, (laughs) oh, super funny. Would uh, would fear make it on that list? (laughs) Because like fear, fear was just like boring. Like it wasn't. It it had funny moments, but if it was funny the whole time, then that would have been great. Like. I love a good bad horror movie, like something like Poultry Guys, something like A Hundred Tears. I watched that recently. That was hilarious. Oh, you ever watched Damn Sharks? No, that sounds great. Called oh, Damn Sharks! Shark on my watch list. Great. <laughs> I think the tagline is like, first you feared the water, now fear the land." Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever seen Ghost Shark? I no. haven't, but I've seen GIFs of it, and it looks like the oh, best yeah. fucking movie ever. Have you seen it Shark so Exorcist? I own that Shark Exorcist. That one is so good. I own Shark Exorcist. <laughs> I love Shark no Exorcist. Way. It's so funny. I bought this triple pack of, like, shitty shark movies. There's Sharkenstein, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Shark, and <laughs> Shark Exorcist. <laughs> I've never heard of Raiders of the Lost Shark. Whoa. Have you heard of uh, Jurassic oh. Shark? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a triple banger! Good. Wow. <laughs> I watched Raiders of the Lost Shark, and it was uh. How was it? That sounds amazing. It was just as low budget <laughs> and trashy as 
shark shark exorcist is. But does does like the shark wear like a hat and has a whip? <laughs> I wish. No, it's just some like it's just like this this like sci-fi action drama about a shark. Like there's nothing related to Indiana Jones in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> these movies, these awful shark movies always have like the coolest posters, dude. Like they're so cool, but they're I think they make the posters first, and then yes. they work backwards. One of the reviews for Raiders of the Lost Shark just says boobs. Yes. They're, oh, they're... hell yeah. Watch list. Add to the watch list. I watched it for uh, for Hooptober last year. Nice. That, that's the, Did you... Those are the cat movies me and my sister will bond over. Is the Wait, it has nothing to do with Indiana movies. Jones? Because the, the tagline is, even Indiana Jones can't get out of this one. It really, like, I do... I, I like, yeah. It like it doesn't. There's nothing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Have you guys watched Velocipaster? No, no. But I, I've, that one's I've good. Thought about it multiple times. Um, there's a really funny one on Amazon Prime called Caris Hell, <laughs> and it's like one of the horses from a carousel killing people. Um, that one was very funny. I like that one. I watch I watch Thanksgiving every Thanksgiving. That's Great. masterpiece. Um, you know, there's some fun dumb ones out there, but watch Poultry Guys. Just if you're easily offended, don't even click on it. But um, it is, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, watch watch the Whispering Man. <laughs> no, I'm just. Whisper- yeah, watch The Whispering Man. Waste two, an hour and a half, two hours. I feel like I'll just life. be bored by it, though. You will. That's that's it's really... Like, if it was funny, I, I, like, I'd be fine with it. All right. I think that about does it for this episode of Film Class Heroes. Um, I have a surprise for you guys. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, I gotta, do my, I gotta do my recommendation. Almost. Yes, but I have a surprise before... Uh, oh. Just for you guys and for the audience that I was hiding um, oh. until the end your reactions um next week we will have our first guest on this podcast um i know somebody that has recently completed their first film and has generously agreed to appear on the podcast and talk about it so i will send you guys the information for his film we can watch it we can talk about it i'm also going to tell him the movies to watch in preparation so he can spend the whole discussion with us so we will have our first guest next week so look forward to that sweet let's go i'm so excited i'm shaking in yeah, my boots it should be cool what's your recommendation cody uh okay so i wanted to um uh i i like trying to pair up these these movies we watch like a like a nice cheese and a wine um so i've thought about i don't know why i did it with paul t goldman last time but uh i think i have one that that hits a couple i'm so boxes. scared so, <laughs> no, I think you're really going to like it. My next one is called Tokyo. It is uh, an anthology movie. There's three vignettes directed by Michael Gondry, who, who did um, Internal Sunshine for the Spotless mm-hmm. Minds, um, Bong Joon-ho, and uh, Leos Corax, I believe, uh, whose, whose most recent film was Annette, the I Adam Driver that. movie. Oh. Oh, my God. So this is I and you said you didn't see uh, any other Bong Joon Ho movie, yeah. so now we have this. So I thought it was perfect. Um, so I'm I'm excited to to watch this one. I haven't seen it before. I hope you guys are. Oh, this is your first time. Me. Yeah, I've oh, never seen interesting. It. I have never. 
Yeah. Thank you. Great. If you guys don't want to, uh, and it's it's. Oh, I know. It's just because like we're talking about you know like Infinity Pool and, and some some spooky stuff next week. This has some spooky elements, but it's more of a lighthearted movie. So I thought it'd be like a good uh, bounce off. To I like the poster that just says bong. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> bong. <laughs> Alright, if you guys don't want to be spoiled for Tokyo from 2008, mm-hmm. um, by next week's episode, um, the film from the director that we will be speaking to is called Day of the Clown. You can watch it on Vimeo. Uh, it's 99 cents. Um, just look for it on there. Uh, try and watch that by next week, too, so you can join in on the discussion. Um, but I think that about does it for this episode tonight. So, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Next episode. Bye. Bye in British Bye. accent. Bye. Blimey. Oi, love. Oi, love. Oi, catch it. Share it, folks.